0: welcome to the nerds and friends podcast today we have a very special podcast with our guest filmmaker chad gloria we've got our nerd on the road nathan joining us from kentucky maybe kentucky yeah nice nice then we got will shaw artist extraordinaire and the amazing carrie duvall man of many talents joining us so today, our topic is the future of movies and AI. And I think it's a great topic that Chad came up with because I think the most recent thing in the news was the beloved James Earl Jones retiring and signing over his voice likeness to Lucasfilm for the use of AI to continue voicing Darth Vader using his voice. So let's jump into that. What are the, the ethics and concerns there and the possible repercussions and everything? You know, Let's jump in.
1: Well, there's also a lot of definition things to talk about as well. So that absolutely is one aspect of it, for sure. Um, But that is the element of how it interacts with the future with actors. So I absolutely think that, like you said, there are, in my opinion, not obvious ethical concerns about, um, you know, Bringing the dead back to life. Obviously, if he, James Earl Jones is, is James Earl Jones, if James <laughs> <laughs> Earl Jones is, you know, of, of, you know, sound body and mind and signing over rights, you know, mm-hmm. then that, that's one thing. But I do have concerns mm-hmm. about pressure on contracts in the future for new actors, you know, who are like, OK, look, right. you're going to be in this, you know, whatever franchise. And in essence, the franchise owns you. And in five mm-hmm. years from now, you may find yourself in a movie that you were never, quote unquote, in. Um, right. you know, because of uh, not just AI's ability to copy, you know, your voice, but maybe in the future, copy your likeness. Mm-hmm. Um, but another theme, and one I the the one I was kind of trying to hit on is this idea of basically, what does it take? What does the future look like when a computer can replace the writer? And oh. We get to the point now where the whole movie is basically being made, you know, by the AI system.
0: That's fascinating because, I mean. Right now, like, I've seen things on the internet, and I don't know how legit it is, but like, where they'll give like an AI algorithm a prompt, and it'll write something. And it's usually comedically nonsense. But that could change in the future. So,
1: Well, so here's the first question I'd like to pose to everybody and get everyone's thoughts or answers. I mean, raise your hand if you think that that is something that is even possible, in essence, you know, ever.
2: Oh, yeah, that's definitely possible i'm not convinced that it's possible but i'm also not convinced that it's impossible i i think Mm -hmm. that the so far we've seen a lot from the technology and i expect it to improve a lot over the coming years there's our obligatory cat cameo (laughs) yes Mm -hmm. yes (laughs) there will be at least one more but i'll (laughs) leave that as a surprise but um Everything that I've seen, it's like the whole uh, people are talking about how AI will be replacing artists or illustrators. But the more that I see the technology used, the less convinced I am that that is actually going to be a possibility in the near future. Since Mm. uh, the more capable the computer's, seem to be it actually trying to generate the, these type of things the more obvious it is that you do still need a human hand to actually uh control this process and it may be able to give you a starting point but it's not going to be able to outright replace it so to
1: steelman your argument could I say that you believe that there's a certain kind of x factor that the human you know mind and soul can generate that the ai will probably never be able to you know bridge the gap of
2: not at all i think that the the issue is more of the the input of you can only like when you're dealing with an ai program like that it it can only uh output based on the input that it's receiving and so When you have somebody, especially at the higher levels of skill sets, those are things that you can't just program into an algorithm or a machine because there it's not like there's some secret X factor, as anybody who has worked to hone a skill over uh, decades will be able to tell you. It's not that there's any like inherent special thing about being an adult human that makes you uh, irreplaceable it's that you've spent you need to spend decades honing this skill to have the proper understanding to actually create the thing that you're trying to create well allow
1: allow me to push back there just a mm -hmm. little bit though because i would argue i don't think that it's the training part that makes it where now i can tell an original Mm -hmm. story because i think a child Mm -hmm. can tell you the most original you know Uh, fantasy-oriented, imagination-oriented kind of thing, I think a lot of that skill stuff is the stuff that the AIs can do because that is the 10 years that you took to learn what is really a bunch of rote structure. Mm -hmm. And that's where I don't have the strongest feelings anymore that it isn't something duplicatable because I'll give an example. Relatively recently, The Green Knight came out. And that movie is based on an old Canterbury's tale. We're talking, I don't know, some odd 500 years old. So because of that, it was really refreshing to watch a movie that was based on a story that is from before Save the Cat came out. And I'm mm-hmm. so ingrained in a generation of writers who are thinking about, OK, here is the monomyth and here is the Dan Harmon breakdown version of the monomyth. And here is the uh, save the cat, you know, by page whatever. This is where the story needs to be. And watching that movie was like, oh, it's so refreshing to see something that isn't just going off mm-hmm. of all of these rote structures. But then my question, that's where I start really thinking is like. Well, if I'm already basically just being that algorithm and saying, well, hey, here's all my guidelines and here's my outlines. This is the part where this has to happen. And here's the part where this has to happen. Like, How defined can that get before I can finally just punch those rules into an AI and then tell it, OK, cool, spit me out a first act, you know, like, you know, the things that have to happen, hook it up.
3: Well, I, well, think, I, I, I think, think I don't think it's... that's entirely out of the. Oh, sorry, Will, I didn't mean to no, cut you off. I, only... <clears throat> I, I really don't think that's entirely out of the question because um For anybody who doesn't think that an AI could write a could write a movie, and uh, this is uh, as much a joke as it is serious, um, (laughs) uh, just look at the Amazing Spider-Man Two. Sorry, yeah, (laughs) uh, Yeah. That was basically like that was a whole like that was a whole crowd of people. Yeah, uh, that like that was a whole board of Warner Brothers that basically. Sucked all the creativity out of an idea to the point where it might as well have been an algorithm because they're like, no, this works and this works and this works. And the thing that gets overlooked is like, is, is, um, like right now, especially when it comes down to the entertainment industry, uh, and you, you see this, you see this across the board: movies, video games, books. Um, you'll have that. You'll, you'll have a, a banger first, uh, first, uh, outing of something. And then you'll have the machine takeover. And Josh has told me about this on a lot of occasions, and I'm I'm sure uh, Chad, you're up on this too, um, where uh, they're all it's, it's, they're very concerned about the margins. And outside of somebody who is very established as um, as a breakout individualist, like my like my mind goes straight to David Lynch, like. Tarantino, David,
2: yeah,
3: yeah, David Lynch, Tarantino, and and yeah. Tarantino, Tarantino Nolan. is a great example of, uh, yeah, uh, Tarantino specifically, I think, is a great example of somebody who uh, is paying homage to his inputs in a way that is that like layers it, layers it with meaning, and I actually think that there's a good chance that an AI, I think there's a good chance an AI can get to that because there's a there's a couple things that people will feed into prompt and art wise where, um, like this does look like technically this looks like art technically this looks like literature um but i what the and i do think that computers are getting more and more intelligent in that way that they can just mimic things down to the finest detail uh it's but i i'm I'm very much along with will in that this is this is very much or, or i'm w- one of you i'm forgetting like but this is very much inputs and outputs to me like there is a certain amount of inputs and there's a certain like like people talk about like here's the struct like like you you talked about save the cat or, or anybody like or or the monomyth like you could theoretically feed uh feed general concepts into into an ai right now and it would spit out something that's like 85% uh cohesive and then 15% absolutely bonkers yeah. and like it just could keep getting refined from there
1: well so there's 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 two points like first off i would say when i say could an ai write a movie that maybe isn't as useful as saying could ai make the next transformers movie and i think all of a sudden maybe that feels a little bit more realistic right um Mm -hmm. then uh i think to you know michael bay would
3: be so all over it too (laughs) all right i i hate this fucking franchise just like he's already doing it, it, you know? Yeah. Yeah.
1: When, when 10 guys are in a room, like you said, in essence, they're, well, we've seen this, it's, it's that early scene in the matrix four, you know, it's like, it's, That's what's happening, and when those people are making those decisions and they're looking at their computer and reading, you know, metrics, and then coming back and saying, "Well, it seems like the kids like uh, uh doing the hitting the whoa. Can we hit the whoa in the movie?" Um, mm-hmm. at a certain point, that's really not that different than algorithmic input. But the question I have as well, then, or not question, I think the next idea I'd posit is going off of something Will was saying, and then you just hit on, which is. The intermediate step before we get to full on, you know, chatbot 9000 wrote this movie is chatbot 9000 is like the, you know, the new new age clippy. So it's like, hey, mm-hmm. so you're writing a script there. Looks like you're struggling on your second act. Well, hey, here's based on, you know, millions of inputs, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 I could mm-hmm. imagine a world where I've created first draft dot AI and mm-hmm. it knows the rule structures. And then we fed into it basically like, OK, let's say that the main rule structure we're using is safe the cat well, save the cat is broken down by page. So it's like from page zero to page, you know, 15, we need to have X, Y, Z. So what I would do is I would feed to it. Here is the first 15 pages of a a million Mm. scripts. And here's the next grouping from a million scripts. So it's thinking about these things like section by section. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. if it spits you something, like you said, that's 85% cohesive. Well, that's a great starting point, you know, like, (laughs) Awesome. I'll hop into my script. That's like 85% done, you know? Well,
2: and perhaps I I think uh, we should also rephrase because immediately where I'm, where my mind goes and where the conversation tends to go is like, uh, not necessarily. Can you write a script with an AI? Because mm-hmm. obviously, you can yeah. write a script with a, uh, an AI. You could give. You could have a monkey writers.
1: Even if it's just uh, the alphabet, it, it counts. Like, like yeah.
2: literally mm-hmm. having a lemur jump on the keyboard. Right, right. Uh, you could get a script eventually. directed by Boslerman. <laughs> <laughs> the, the important Way thing goal, is, please. could it write a good yeah. movie? Or can AI create no, right. create a like good and i'm well, using let's let, well, let's just say term. like
1: uh let's let's say real or something you know basically just did it did it not break like is it is it functional is is there a screenplay that you say hey this looks like a
2: screenplay well that is such a it that's such a low bar though because that is if mm-hmm. and like my point earlier that i was was trying to make is that uh the when you're at the higher levels of art be that writing be that uh writing like a script, a book, be it making an illustration, um, the AI can definitely follow all the rules. But the the issue is that when you're at a high level of art, it's not a matter of understanding the rules and knowing how to follow them. It's understanding where you can break the rules or bend the rules to, to make your piece better. Like well, where you need to stop following the rules and where you actually... Uh, need to go off the rails and add uh add something different or change something.
1: Well where I'll push back one more time though is a little bit what you're talking about sounds kind of like the feeling difference you may have already between a Quentin Tarantino and a Michael Bay. And that kind of what I'm getting at is that that exists already basically you know it's like you you could argue that maybe a Tarantino really? is more of that high level artist yeah. um, so when we're talking about an AI writing a movie I don't think it's ever going to be the auteurs that are the ones trying to utilize this it's going to be the studio mm-hmm. that says hey mm-hmm. buy me you know or rent me access you know a subscription to first draft.ai because we need to pop yeah. out you know some summer blockbuster every 20 minutes and, and, and yeah. give me 15 you know mm-hmm. triple X's or you know uh, name x y action movie you know
3: yeah but well, my, I, yeah, my my brain goes to tv on that and what i'm thinking what i'm where, where i'm oh, thinking, sure uh that uh, really goes with will is like is does anybody is anybody familiar with the uh alejandro uh yodorowsky dune that never happened yeah oh yeah yeah uh that like that that is like i mean there's about a billion things that went wrong but one of the things that i really here went wrong with it in a big way was the fact that the studio just like straight up didn't get what this like very avid french sci-fi artist and writer was trying to uh get across i like, didn't like, either but, be fair
1: but yeah 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 exactly <laughs> well,
3: and like well again he, he, he comes off as like kind of nuts but like yeah. i i think that kind of the interesting thing about like baseline ai um like uh it's it's really interesting where, like I I've been learning a lot more about video games recently and like having a video game structure, that's like open world and having like basic AI and like things around you that actually like respond to stimuli in a really basic way mm-hmm. um, is, is like, is, is a, is a pretty, is it's a pretty monumental achievement when it comes down to like computing mm-hmm. and like, like uh, I'm just thinking like your, your average civilian walking around in Grand Theft Auto, like, basically they all respond the same way like if people go up and like push them or whatever and they're all just kind of wearing different skins i could see that as like a baseline i could see that as like a baseline when it came down to like writing uh my mind goes to uh, uh like like a like a sitcom and i could see that mm-hmm. like being the baseline but i also see what Will's say in that like that that extra like that that next level higher like I think the cool thing about like having an AI like this, if I can put on my rose colored glasses and and ignore the Terminator franchise is, <laughs> um, is the fact that like, there would be more of that like risk take, like, like hopefully the, the, the rising tide raises all ships and there would be more of that risk taking on the high level of like, yeah, let's make the Jodorowsky Dune. Let's make, um, uh, let's, 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 let's let Guillermo del Toro finally make, uh, at the mountains of madness, like all these like high concept things, whether it's prestige TV or, or like really good movies, like it would be kind of cool. Like as, as, aside from the auteurs that you do know, uh, the, uh, Nolens, the Tarantino's the Kubrick's if like, basically that became a wider director pool because that would be the like people would be willing to take more risks on cool stuff
1: well my question what what is it I'm, i think i feel like i missed the part where what is what is allowing for that
3: oh well my thought would be like like um the, the hypothetical of um let's say an ai can write a baseline script yeah. um and and again to to be to put to put on my sassy bitch hat um <laughs> the bit the big bang theory might as well have been written, like might I as agree. well have been written by by um, Google search nerdy things on the yeah. Internet and then right. put Alan West, who I love. Yeah. I, I love Adam West. Um, yeah. uh, he he's not the problem with that. Love all <laughs> the, look, I like I like a lot of the actors in that show. I hate mm. that fucking show. Yeah, um, two and a half men, uh, yeah, two broke two, girls. Exactly. Like there's yeah. there's a good chunk of stuff that it's like it's, it's formulaic. It's going to hit the same numbers. I mean, heck, uh, 90s kids TV. Like there's always an yeah. episode where they shrink. There's always an episode where they turn into kids like da-da-da-da-da. body swap. They
2: go. The body swap.
3: Body swap. Yeah, yeah there's yeah. the beach, there's spring. the beach episode. Always yeah, always gotta have hot service and fan uh, hot hot springs and fan service. Um hot service like, and fan springs. I'm with it. Hot <laughs> service and fan springs. <laughs> welcome, to the, welcome to the fan. Oh god, that's a that's a um uh, a far side comic if I've ever heard one. Yeah, um, it is, yeah. But like I like I could see like a lot of that like baseline stuff being uh like 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 let's say like that's like giving the studio the, the confidence
1: the that you know what, okay, at least you have the baseline part figured out um Mm -hmm. so i can trust maybe a higher concept thing which i think also goes with the will situation will's talking about you know it's missing that joie de vivre to get you to that next layer of knowing what rules to break but if you were to treat it as that first draft and baseline then Mm -hmm. it's kind of then you're the guy who hops in for draft two and and fix you know figures out the okay now where do we make this interesting the one thing Mm -hmm. i think i i I can't get my brain to get around is the idea of it ever being able to truly tackle dialogue. So it's like, mm-hmm. it probably would have a bunch of words salad between two people, but then you can hop in and go, okay, since I know what the scene's trying to do, let me come in here mm-hmm. and fix this, this dialogue. Yeah, well, no one interesting reminder. point
0: though, now that we've reached that idea is that with the big bang theory, Again, I don't like it either, but um, its I, I believe it still holds record for the most profitable TV show ever because mm-hmm. it hit high levels of viewership um, and it was insanely cheap to produce. And yeah. so I see what Carrie's is saying is that if you have an AI spitting out, you know, Trash for the masses. I know it sounds elitist and shit, but like that's what I'm saying. Some garbage sitcom, <laughs> and they're able to generate large amounts of profit. They may be able to say, "Let's take a little more risk with these auteurs to give people who are into cinema a little more stuff to work with." Because again, if their profit margins higher, you can kind of take more risks. So, I, I well, actually, you, that you is my question. Me to your camp, though.
1: I think for now, is that what you're saying, Carrie? Are you saying that? So they're,
3: actually they're... actually yeah like like basically okay. i could see i could see ai spitting out a whole bunch of, because like it's um mm-hmm. it's kind of like um uh and this this again kind of goes to what will was speaking about and actually i think chad um you remember a couple years ago when it was like a real big scandal on youtube that people were spoofing the algorithm where where like there were there were these people that were making five minute videos specifically for kids who got left with the ipad with oh yeah on, Right. And yeah, the whole be Elsa like, and Spider Man. Yeah, thing. Elsa Gate stuff. All the yeah, right. yeah, all the all the Elsa and Spider Man stuff. Sure, like, sure, sure. The know, Momo stuff. Are, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, because that was stuff that people could do on their cell phone for the price yep. of a couple of cheap co- cheap cheap costumes, and yep. because it was getting to the widest and uh and uh lowest uh, common
1: denominator,
3: objectively yeah. least intelligent denominator, which yeah. is children, small, very small children who don't yeah. have uh, don't have don't have IQs yet, or and watch things on repeat. And, and watch things are
2: will just put their phone in front of a toddler yeah. and the toddler will mm-hmm. just continue to watch whatever pops up next.
1: And so algorithmic Mertham- gonna... feed which is going to chain feed the children the next <laughs> Elsa gate video into the next <laughs> Elsa gate video into the next mm-hmm. one. So yeah yeah yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah. And I and I and I think yeah, I I think that that like that baseline okay. of and profitable mm-hmm. might be the thing that could flip up to more confidence in See a, I, in I thought the you person. were
1: saying I thought what you were saying was that the algorithm thing would be able to handle a first draft that the studios could trust that at least the baselines were taken care of, and then you can make it more weird. But actually, what you're kind of talking about Mm -hmm. is a divide of... Because I agree with you, if we were to get Mm -hmm. to a point where all of the new Michael Bay movies were being written by algorithm, then after society as a whole got used to the idea of watching computer-made movies which by the way this is straight up outlined in 1984 it's called Pro feed um yep. <laughs> so when people got it got used to Pro feed i think there would be a premium on like ooh, this movie was written by a person
3: oh <laughs> no i i i legitimately just think that I, I legitimately just think that the the baseline stuff is going to be post-capitalist hellscape um, yeah, me too. We can, now, we can now fire a writer's room and yes. hire one dude to just review this. What this algorithm has gotten to the eighty-five percent mark, and even though the dialogue makes no sense, we can bring in Bill, who yeah. we are, paying, we are, we are, we have chained Bill to the desk, and we are technically <laughs> paying him not a living wage, not a subsistence wage, but we're paying yeah. him in nuggets. And goddamn yes. it, he <laughs> wants chicken nuggets, and he will yeah. write the next Big Bang Theory.
1: We we uh, pay him in a in well, no, it's just an intern actually. Like
3: this would this would be the lift it would be it would be it would be it would be right but it would be like
1: right? yes yes <laughs> right, it's even worse than an intern it's just you're right you're totally it would just be that it would be uh, you literally, literally um have to do it you know let's just like yeah 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 you have to go get in your car to do it right
2: <laughs> <laughs> and see i th- i think that you got like that is a very valid aspect for especially with television where it, you're like yeah we're gonna put out uh yeah like this is just hot garbage and we're, but it costs $12 an episode and we're going to make run 50 episodes a season. And it's making, it's making that back. No problem. But I don't see it going to like the huge big budget uh, films like the, uh The Disney Marvel movies. I do see that they might be like your idea for like a first draft of a, a of a script. Maybe uh, or like a second draft, like you put in whatever ideas you have for the first one and have it refine that for a second draft. And then you can go on to whatever way. Um, but I don't think like, you're not going to see at least not anytime soon, uh, like a whole, like a, an Avengers movie that was written entirely bit by AI, because I would would like to hop in for just a
1: second though, Mm -hmm. to defend television. Um, (laughs) because uh bj novak brought up a really great point recently and he was saying that when he was coming up as a writer a lot of the best stuff at the time was television he was like the biggest Mm -hmm. shows were things like seinfeld um and another one that i forgot but it's like shows that Uh, were actually
3: twin Twin peaks
1: um
3: mold amazing television
1: yeah, that would have been a bit early for him, but it was something that ran concurrently oh, yeah. with, you know, Seinfeld. But point being is that, like, Seinfeld is not necessarily a stupid show. He was saying that, you know, he's like, no, it was actually a, a, a the kind of show I'd want to write for. And mm-hmm. yeah, there were King of Queens and stuff like that that were doing great too. But it was like a lot of the best stuff happening on someone's TV was actually happening in television. So television writing seemed like the place to go. And he got to go work on The Office, which was another example of that. Um, mm-hmm. In a time period where we can be surrounded by a bunch of, you know. Mm-hmm. When they did Tropic Thunder and they're making fun of Scorcher, you know, with uh, Ben Stiller, it's like, yeah, movie yeah. franchises have been plenty stupid themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so I, I, I do. Uh, it, it's just a bit of a caveat, just to say, like, you know, nowadays we live in a world too where a lot of the mm-hmm. Emmys and stuff are going to things like Succession, and you know, yeah. Game of Thrones used to be. Good. Oh,
3: I. Um, oh yeah, I, I, <laughs> I love. Well, like, like good, good TV is is uh, like it's it's actually been taken on as something where like like a story can breathe, and right i I, right. I love that they act, like it's um uh people have been trying to make uh make neil Gaiman let them make a sandman movie for, yeah. for years and like as a as a really huge fan of neil Gaiman i think i bring him up at least once an episode <laughs> um and good, specifically good, good. sandman Hit uh those royalties it's it's a, it's a 10 point trade uh, or it's, it's it's a 10 book trade that in yeah. no way shape or form could be like even even chunks yeah. of it couldn't be a movie. It could be seasons of it of a TV show, but it had to it had to be done well. And mm-hmm. I think Netflix has the right vibe for it. But like yeah. yeah, like I I I I love a lot of TV. I mean hell, like as a as the resident lover of bad movies, um, <laughs> and and the and the finder of diamonds in the rough, specifically uh, a couple of my favorite films. Like, well, I legitimately came in here prepared to say one thing when it came down to AI. It's like. AI will never be good enough to effectively convince me that you are a person trying, as genuinely to act tough as Jean Claude Van Damme in the movie Hard Target. Like, <laughs> you, you cannot convince me that an AI will be able to to like put that genuine, general that that genuine soul into yeah. a performance and still come up short. Yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: i think a lot of that if we're talking about like ai concerning you know cg representations of actors because i did an episode relatively recently on our channel where we were talking about uh the future of de-aging and Mm -hmm. the guys i was working with brought up a really great point about how if you get it right enough Mm -hmm. then eventually what you've accomplished is not necessarily de-aging anymore what you've accomplished is making a perfectly you know eye accurate cg person Mm -hmm. um It's kind of like, you know, if you made a teleportation device, um, you know, based around bending gravity, then what you would happen to have accidentally made when you succeeded is a time machine. Yeah. You know, so it's like, oh, hey, that's a happy coincidence.
2: Yeah. And at a certain point, you also kind of run into basically VTubers as actors, where you have this 3D model uh, that's being like, you can take somebody's movements or voice and they're just piloting around like a 3d model. And I don't think
1: you even have that guy anymore. I think you just go and do a bunch of, you know, record, make them make every face and every phoneme. And you have them say, you know, the fleet Fox jumped over the round fence, whatever, you know, and then it's like, all right, boom, boop, 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 boop. boop, And then you go and put out your film and then such and such, you know, AI bot, you know, or Daniel Craig bot can just give you a perfect, (laughs) you know, Daniel Craig, uh, performance. Um, Again, all these things I'm talking about are not today um but i i do not necessarily see the absolute missing piece that makes it where these things don't work tomorrow and Mm -hmm. as much as today i want to say that like there's the uncanny valley that these things will never be able to break past they do get better all the time and i i'll notice even within myself that there were points when i saw the dragons in um uh rain of fire and was like, wow, these things are photorealistic. And even today, Mm -hmm. you know, I can go back and say, okay, well now I can see a lot of the, 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 the weaknesses Mm -hmm. that we had from, you know, 20 years ago that will keep happening. And at a certain point, you know, the theory is that like our ability to perceive what looks correct, um, or sounds correct coming off of a script. I don't think that Mm -hmm. that is necessarily infinite. I think there probably is an upper limit. And then the question is, what does it take for that thing to actually be able to breach that upper limit?
3: So I think, I think there's another good parallel here with, uh, with video games and and video games specifically, because like they are, they are so graphic driven. Um, here's what I think is really interesting about that. Um, uh, originally you had the, like, you had things like the NES and the Atari, the really, the really simple eight bit stuff. And Mm it, uh, basically like every time you doubled the amount of polygons or colors that you could have, uh, things got more and more, uh, clear and more well-defined. Uh, then you get up to like the third and fourth generation of gaming consoles and the difference between like 10,000 pixels an inch and 20,000 pixels an inch like that seems like a huge number but like visually there's only so much that the eye can take in so there's a there there was right. an upper limit to how uh much the eye could take in and they're like a lot of like really interesting smart developers what they've done is like okay cool like we don't have to keep pushing this so we have like absolutely photorealistic humans. We have this line where humans look realistic enough. We can work on like the smaller muscle twitches, how yes. the face motion yeah. capture works and all this. And Lighting. the other thing about that, yeah, is like, it, well, if you remember like a few years ago, it was like, we, we're we here to give you new graphics. We're here to give you better graphics. And they reached an upper limit of that where it was like, people weren't buying things for better graphics anymore. They, they yeah. wanted like the good gameplay. Everything
1: and was good enough. From,
3: yeah, exactly. One well, from there you had this resurgence of like of like retro gaming where you yep. have things like like the Super Meat Boy and yeah. recently I've been playing Cult of the Lamb where it's like it is a very very well updated and polished version of something that uh theoretically doesn't look as good uh or it's, it's like it, but it's it's living up to the technology in a way that's really interesting. It's it'd be like uh and that to me like the indie game boom is kind of like what i think would happen with with mm-hmm. like auteur stuff like the 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 people or um or what's that what's that freaking cuphead um yeah. my uh my partner was telling me that cuphead like everything about the the game cuphead is actually hand animated in yeah. that old school rubber band style yes, and i yes. thought I, I thought that was the coolest freaking thing on the planet yeah. and that's not just a a charm thing that's like that makes that a labor of love that makes people really put yeah. uh put a lot of effort into it and i think that's kind of one of the cool things about reaching that upper limit is like Okay, now like like now people get creative on like a real grassroots level.
2: Yeah, and I think that's actually ties into another really interesting point of like, there sure there's a lot of interest for like the de aging or creating essentially a CG model that uh, you can have in your your film for like a famous actor, but that only works right now because there is a certain degree of like. Uh, fascination around this technology there's a novelty to it and once that wears off what you essentially get is that you have an animated character that no matter how good your animation is in a in a few years a decade or two it's going to look really subpar and what you could do instead is do uh, go the animation route, which animation looks better uh, long-term. It has a, a lot better longevity. You don't end up falling into the uncanny valley as much. Uh, and it's way cheaper to produce than that hyper-realistic uh, computer-generated model that, uh, that you have there. And, like, tying into video games, uh, like Cyberpunk... Which, mm. as, as far as a game, it looks fantastic if you ignore the T-poses. The t- um, but if you compare that to the cyberpunk animated show that, that came out, like, the honestly, the animated show looks way better than the video game. And there's going to be mm-hmm. a lot of people that hate me for saying this, but I'm sorry, it's a hard truth. You're going to have to accept it.
1: Well, I think <laughs> you're onto something, but I would push back pretty hard on that 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 whether you think that you're correct or whether someone else thinks you know what you're saying is true or not it has not slowed hollywood down at all on going full speed ahead for the last decades of yeah. more cg more uh you know uh, uh, photorealistic, um, you know, right. Pixar bounced off of Disney, and Disney was like, Oh, that CG crap looks terrible. That's not, you know, we're gonna, we're the 2D people. You guys can suck it. And everyone got on board, you know, and, and now it's like all of the cartoons are CG. Um, even the cartoons mm-hmm. that look, you know, 2D are CG that is made to look like 2D, you know, um, so I don't I don't necessarily think there will be that point when they decide that like, you know, well actually I'd rather it just kind of, you know, be more um, you know, of an artistic approach to it, you know, kind of interpret it. I think we're we're gonna still be going just full steam ahead on like, hey, and and then when it comes to quality, where mm-hmm. again, you could be making these arguments, it's 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 the if I found out today that uh, Vin Diesel's bloodshot had been written by an AI, you know, and, and was acted out by a, a, a CG puppet, you know, that looked like him, I would be like, oh,
2: you know what? Duh, I should have known that. <laughs> like, of course it was. Well, you, you say that, but the re- like the reason that's funny is because bloodshot was terrible. Yeah, right. And so that's kind of a tacit admission that, that AI and trying to put a CG model into like a live action space is just kind of in like it makes for an inferior product overall. And that's kind of the thing that we're, we're seeing when we're trying to uh, especially with like um, a lot of, of new movies trying to, uh, instead of doing traditional effects they're doing uh, special effects through CG, and now we're seeing a huge resurgence of practical effects we- that end up looking much better than the CG. But I still think and we're seeing that with cases, the though We're so. seeing that cheaper. Well, we even yeah. saw that with Star Wars. With the okay. uh, episode, what was that, 7? Before uh, they, they panicked and started just trying to throw every... Uh, yeah. yeah
1: well, my, so my, my point would be though, is like, I also think that like Transformers one is terrible, but the movie still made yes. $700 million. So it's oh, like, yeah. it's, so it's not, I guess my, my, my question, I guess my, my initial, you know, statement isn't, will AI make the next, uh, you know, eternal sunshine of a spotless mind. It's, you know, will the studios that are currently already behaving like AIs by, crowdsourcing you know hey what's hot mm-hmm. right now what a kid's like you know we're getting all these metrics that shows that people have this attention span so our movie should be this long um wb had already worked out some deal like a couple years ago with this company called senalytics where they have an ai that's actually a like green lighting scripts and so really? it's like letting them know yeah this is the script you should do this is like the year or the the time of year it should come out you know if it had this kind of actor then it would probably perform these numbers whatever here's like these estimates that you guys mm-hmm. can make decisions based on um those kinds of soulless people who are not interested in the art aspect of movies like i think mm-hmm. they can probably get the next you know whatever franchise that i think is terrible that makes a hundred times more than the movies i do like <laughs> you know kind of a um work in essence um because so I, I think, think that we're like all on the
0: we're all on the same board that like an ai is never gonna write the next everything everywhere all at once like, that's just not possible yeah. i don't think
3: oh no yeah you, you you hit you hit the you hit the movie you hit, you hit <laughs> the absolute movie that well, just could not be ai so
1: I actually think all of these things are a a measurement of time. So what I would argue is that today we could maybe get something that is pretty okay at being a helpmate for the writer. And it says, hey, look, man, um, based on everything else I've gotten and based on what you've written up to this point, or say that you have fed into me a pretty okay outline. I'm going to give you a rough breakdown of here's actually all your scenes and all your stuff, blah, 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 that you need, right? Here's all the pages you Mm -hmm. wanted. And it's going to be pretty terrible, but it's going to be this kind of like, you know, worse Mm -hmm. than a a first draft, like a a nice half draft. Then Mm -hmm. in however many years down the future, that could evolve into, let's say the next step is just that it becomes a really good one. And it has most of the work done and you barely have to tweak it. And then after that, it turns into something that can write transformers and people say, yeah, I buy it. And then way 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 down the road you know just i think it really is i because i guess the question is how how uh mathematic basically are people you know am i something that is an input output machine myself and when they make a movie like marley and me and (laughs) you know you you do the thing that makes the people cry and then the people cry like that to me all feels super algorithmic anyway People cry mm -hmm." in
0: that movie. What are you talking about?
1: Right? You know, it's like, (laughs) oh, yeah, I'm going to make a let's make Bridge to Terabithia. Remember what happened in My Girl? Let's do the opposite. And look, everyone's going to cry. And it's like at a certain point, that stuff does feel a little plug and play. And we know this because as writers, all you know, for all of us who are. You know, you watch Mm -hmm. movies and you do that. You sit there and go, yep, here's the dark night of the soul. Here's the part where they got to not be friends anymore for Mm -hmm. a little bit so they can Mm -hmm. feel bad. And then they're going to come back and realize that, oh, actually, I missed you the whole time. Like those things to me make Mm -hmm. me feel very programmable and that scripts mm -hmm. are already taking advantage of how programmable we are.
2: I entirely agree with that. With one uh, one thing is that that kind of makes the assumption that humans are really uh, think in a very uh, mathematical way. And I agree, but it's a very mathematical way that is incredibly flawed and bad. And Mm. that's the problem with with computers is computers are great at math to an extent. Like there's always going to be like computers are actually... Uh, very flawed at, at mathematics because they're unable to compensate beyond a specific decimal point. So if you have anything that runs specifically on an algorithmic system, it will fail at some point. Yeah. But humans fail much earlier and that's that ends up being part of why uh, when you have things that are uh, computer generated, you always end up with a, a bit of that uncanny valley effect. Um, What I think it's going to be and what I think is going to happen from a, uh, especially because this is what I foresee being the financially beneficial system is that having AIs uh, to write is going to become part of uh, a, part of a tool set Mm -hmm. um, that like every writer is going to, is going to use. Uh, And I I think that the problem is going, what like what we're running into with like construction where you're going to end up with a lot of jobs available for people that are highly skilled because i th- i feel like the ai is going to take off a lot of uh low level positions that would normally be filled with people that are building a skill set to move into the industry that's always that the plan are going to be necessary yeah. and then you're going to have some very highly skilled individuals that are completing the process uh in the same way that we don't see like in construction we don't have uh plasterers anymore um we just produce drywall and have them nail that to the wall and so yeah you end up with a lot of of automation for these low uh the low skill jobs that would that just get completely replaced Oh yeah. And then you have a need for these high-skilled jobs and people and nobody to replace those people mm. um since there's been no one in those lower skilled jobs building the skill set to take over for these people and like I feel like that's really where we're we're going to mm. see here before we long before we get anywhere else into the uh into the industry and
1: well i think kind of like carrie was saying i think it's gonna break into a bit of a haves and haves not situation it'll Mm -hmm. be like these are the screenplays that are made by studios in-house and they will be ai assisted and they'll have a team of very low paid writers you know that are Mm -hmm. you know like ford basically (laughs) replaceable um and then there will be the Quentin Tarantino's that show up that are like, "Hey, here's a screenplay I made from scratch. You know, this is just me." Um, mm-hmm. And there will be basically that bounce back and forth between the people who are like, "Hey, I want to watch Top Gun three that was made by whatever studio, you know, in a in a uh, vacuum of you know writers and AI systems," and the other people who are like, "No, I want to watch this. Like, you know, I want to watch The Lighthouse or something like that." Mm-hmm. I don't know if it would ever get to the point where it's like everything has to be, you know, kind of unless it becomes a okay, here's how it could if it were to turn into the death of the the writer, you know, who has been like, hey, here's my screenplay, it would be because it was impossible to get funding, you could see that funding conglomerates would say that, okay, we trust the AI systems because we know that the AI... Because here's here's a factor that you could work in. It wouldn't just be that... Well, it could be, but I, I, I don't think it would just be the AI system telling you, hey, here's what your screenplay needs. It would be the mm-hmm. AI system also working in, here's what would sell. So it's like, I'm going to your what idea. And here's what would be cheapest to produce. Right, right. Or here's at least like based on your idea, based on who you think you have access to, et cetera, Here's what we our predictions for what you could make are so I'm going to write you a screenplay that fits within a budget that will still return a profit. And so then mm-hmm. what happens is there'd be these kind of not guarantees, but there would be these uh, estimates that would make the budget people feel more comfortable to say, Okay, well, we only want to back, you know, AI assisted screenplays. So it becomes very di- And like you said, as far as replacing people, when the Quentin Tarantino's retire, and there's no one who has the pedigree to back, you know, behind them. Then eventually, those guys do all go away. And by the time my, you know, grandchildren are watching movies, it's like, right? The only movies that can get funded are these, you know, mm-hmm. theoretically probably very, very watered down, generic, follow the rules, uh, uh, you know. Uh, so, yeah. At the same Jurassic time, World it, it, Dominion. The,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, at the same time, though, I see that that structure which is looming at the the corporate level. I, I see that creating an opening on the uh, on the internet for a lot of uh, independent productions. Right, I, I was just about seen, to bring
3: that shit up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I was well, I think go, we have
2: that now. Yeah, hell of a boss yeah. is actually what I, I'm I'm mm-hmm. thinking of, where you have a very small number of people who are initially responsible for that, uh, just creating a. a I'm spacing out on language carry saved me viral so so if i can if
3: i can jump off what will's saying um that i i had i had like a utopianist view of ai explained to me at one point by um someone who was smarter than me mm-hmm. uh where where the the utopianist concept is would be that mm-hmm. um AI would take on all the baseline stuff so that humans could work on whatever creative pursuits and higher and higher pursuits they wanted Mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. Um, When it comes down to like I and and on that note, when it comes down to AI and what AI is going to do, uh, whether or not it's going to be a tool, get you get you like past a baseline, make something more more accessible or less accessible. um, I really like I honestly don't think that I that I am smart enough or have the right inputs to. Know what's going to be like the next form of media because, I mean, think about think about the way that uh, Machinima changed everything in the early 2000s with guys with with like Rooster Teeth that did versus Blue like it was it was a, it was a couple like it was it was people that like to do comedy that found like that exploited a couple glitches in the original Halo game, uh, and and dubbed over it with words and it and the end result is still pretty fucking funny like mm-hmm. uh like like to this day but like that that didn't just change like like that kind of that kind of content didn't just change the way that uh like that that changed the way that everything worked because now people got picked up by studios off of viral hits or making mm-hmm. or making your has-been hotels or your or your your or lights your out f- right but Wasn't Lights that picked out. up off a of viral hit? Yeah, yeah. light. Yeah, Lights Out was it was a viral video that got turned into a full like a full length film. Uh, yeah, you know, it was it was it was a decent horror movie, uh, like that. And and like that's something that kind of like came out of left field. But also is like the reason that we have like streamers and let's players and the like is because uh, and this is why I brought up Machinima. Uh, mm-hmm. the companies got together and basically like wrote it into law that this doesn't violate copyright, like. There's a couple things that you can't do uh with dubbing over a video game. But like if you're on YouTube, you can just play a video game that somebody else made, somebody else's content, and you can just talk over it as a let's play or you can fuck with it and add add voices and edit it however you want. And that content is is um like if there's a couple there's a couple people like like I'm I'm recently getting into let's plays Jack Septicai He's, he's an Irish dude that's fucking hilarious. And he started doing Minecraft stuff. I watched I watched him do an indie game uh recently, and half of the entertainment of that video is watching a guy who is extremely jumpy get the shit scared out of him um while he played a game. And he just like he he just was this high-energy dude, like he got to riff off something. It was very improvisational, it was very weird, and it was a it's a totally different form of media than anything that I've experienced up to that point. So I, would... I loved it. To
1: to play devil's advocate, though, what I would argue is that all of these things would have come no matter what, because the technology was moving forward. So, for instance, YouTubers became a thing as soon as um, Internet quality and bandwidth, basically, and uh, Mm -hmm. servo, you know, uh, not servo, um, what do you call it? Uh, Data storage. Mm-hmm. All lined mm-hmm. up and got good enough that the average person with their average home computer could mm-hmm. watch YouTube videos from home. And then when the Internet speeds and stuff, you know, got average level good enough, Twitch became the next thing because now people mm-hmm. could live stream content, you know, uh, from, you know, these. so I think that these humans would just will
3: find a way to be creative with whatever tools that they have. And oh, and sure. that's what yeah. I, that's what I think is kind of interesting here. So like even like even if you have an AI that's going to like write your baseline thing, like the 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 right. input of like I'm going to write a diehard, but like uh, like yeah. getting the getting the baseline of of a diehard film might be the thing that allows somebody to really make something that's completely out of the ordinary uh, in in a in about a, in about a hundred different ways. And, and part know, of my or argument whether that's, that's a good thing or a bad thing might be well, you know, up for uh, I, I don't know
1: part of my argument is that we're already kind of doing these things a lot of what we're talking Mm -hmm. about that the ai would do like you said it already is a thing to say that hey this is a diehard but you know um Mm -hmm. josh and i are working on a show right now that you could say is a a supernatural but you know and so (laughs) you 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 do and i consistently go through when i make my outlines and compare it to the structures Mm -hmm. that we know like hey this we our our show is missing this part this is the part we're supposed to have um so how do how do we go back and make sure we have that you know and 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 work these themes and stuff in that you're supposed Mm -hmm. to there's x y and z thing you know michael haig says you have to have the external battle and the internal battle so how is the character dealing with something inside that will help him defeat Mm -hmm. the you know the enemy without uh so it's not if i do it or an ai does it what's the difference
2: Yeah. And I think like, you're absolutely right there to, uh, again, to an extent, but this is like a conversation where every sentence has to be pre prefaced with that. But, um, where like storytelling is definitely, you need something to relate to for humans to be able to really like understand what's going on. And so that you can, uh, have whatever makes your thing unique. Yeah, unique. You need something for the, them to just kind of comfortably rest into. Yeah, handrail. Uh, yeah, but um, what I'm as I'm thinking I'm about this, I think the point that we'll get to where AI can actually like hundred percent write your movies is the point where AI can consume the movies. So when when hmm. we get to the point where uh, you can have an artificial intelligence become an actual consumer, at that point, you're going to have the ability to have an artificial intelligence create the content that other artificial intelligence will be able to relate to in that same manner.
1: Yeah, it needs to be spoken to so that it can write what speaks to it is kind of what you're saying. Right yeah I can get that. um I think that works and it does make sense, but I think I'm just a bit more cynical and I think that there are <clears throat> movies that are already so lifeless that make hundreds of millions of dollars mm-hmm. today that I don't think it needs to get that far because again, there's screenplays I could point to today that I feel mm-hmm. like if you looked at it, you would jokingly say this looks yeah. like an
2: algorithm well, and it. I mean even past that if you look at in and the <clears throat> animation industry, anytime there's a large budget uh anticipated animated movie releasing within uh weeks if not days of that movie are going to be at least a dozen knockoff asylum from, yeah from like mm-hmm. either other studios like when you had uh, ants you had dreamworks produ- or when you had a uh, bug's life you had dreamworks producing ants but right. you also had student studios in like uh Uh, Switzerland or in the Congo or France or China that are just producing a very cheap knockoff version that they're really hoping that somebody's grandma uh, accidentally buys (laughs) because it's close enough
1: that's asylum's whole you know budget structure is like you guys mm-hmm. are making transformers we made transmorphers and like you said i'm hoping yeah. that your grandpa who buys your christmas gift you know mixed it up not to yeah, mention yeah. you you guys also brought up earlier well i guess to mention you guys brought up earlier lights out uh there's an indian knockoff ripoff lights out movie you know <laughs>
2: like, mm-hmm.
3: you, you know, know that like, that's the thing though like y'all y'all got me thinking about how um how much i i love foreign indie films specifically the ones i'm thinking of are the ones that like really hit me when i when i when i hit high school was um uh thai martial arts films because you had you had you had the tony john yeah all right yeah okay oh no, tony john's awesome yeah.
2: yeah i'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, my, I'm getting
3: my in here yeah dude ombak Ong ombak Ong two, uh the protector like you had all you had these movies it was like like and, and if you if you watch Ong Bak there's there's no budget there's no oh, way i yeah. had a budget oh it yeah. was but like but it is so well done by people that like, by a dude who is like clearly an expert at Moiparan, um, and also can like kind of act his ass off in like the the like b movie martial arts way well it's and also not a matter just of being
1: because you could have found 50 experts who would have sucked at making it watchable on screen like that's the thing i think he had was knowing how to take mm-hmm. his muay thai and uh and and shoot it in such a way and do the choreography oh, in such a way that it was very interesting to look at you can you mm-hmm. can find so many indie movies made with you know guys who are who are you know black belts and whatever you know, art and their, their realism messes up the movie because you're like, yeah, sure. Yeah. That's how you would do it, but it looks stupid on camera, you know?
3: And, and, and getting it and like, and like, that's what I like about like the, the, the bare, the, the bare bones budget stuff. Like, yeah. um, I, uh, even, even if it's not bare bones, like, like the fifth element was supposed to be like a three movie franchise and right. the they had to work within the constraints that they had. And I, I do really like the, I do, I do really like the, the concept of like, these are the constraints and you have to be creative within them, which is how you get like, you know, there's, there's a, a which is how you get like really good, interesting stuff. And yeah, the, famously Jaws. Yeah, exactly. Well, and like, and like all the, all the mimic stuff, like there's, there's the cash ins and there's, then there's the thought of, um I think Josh just told the story before where like, the 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 producer that produced Winter's Bone is the same guy that did like Piranha 3D. No, you're and thinking the, of
0: the King's Speech.
3: Yeah, that the King's Speech.
0: It wasn't the same producer what it was, and this is what I heard. I haven't actually verified it online, but what I was told in film school, and I don't know if this is correct, was that the studio that produced Piranha 3D was a subsidiary of the studio that produced the King's Speech, and what they did was they had such a high profit margin on Piranha 3D because it was eli roth garbage that they uh they said okay of our profit we can take a big chunk of that and make the King speech which will be a little bit cheaper than piranha 3d but it's going to make way less profit because it's for adults to watch you know and so yeah.
1: yeah yeah it's an oscar movie yeah but those are important because even you know blumhouse uh produced uh whiplash and so it's like mm-hmm. when you're a studio that's known for making all of this garbage, you know, horror movies and stuff like that. It's nice to have like that Oscar-y movie, you know, in your in your yeah. your uh, you know re- repertoire to point to.
2: And yeah. Again, I, I I suspect that the first movie that is fully written by AI is going to be just done to see if if it can be done, and will just be marketed and as okay. This one was fully written by an AI. And- I think
1: that's coming very soon. Yeah, as like a stunt very soon. Like, I I
2: agree. And I think (laughs) it's going to be really bad. And it's also going to be a lie because I am 100 percent. Yes, I'm 100 percent sure that they're going to release a movie that is just traditionally made and is not and they're just (laughs) gonna say this was written by an algorithm
1: it'll be a stunt basically of them (laughs) saying okay let's get you in a room and make me because the reason that i agree with you is because i've already seen it for comedy videos as soon mm-hmm. as those AI things started to be a murmur on, a whisper of an idea on the internet of like, oh, you can you can feed it uh every Donald Trump speech and it will spit out a Donald Trump speech, people started faking those immediately mm-hmm. to the point where I'm not sure if I've ever seen a real one. I think they're all some guy who was like, Okay, oh, because there's so many telltales of like, no, an AI would not make sense in a way. That would be completely uh, non sequiturs and points that don't connect. Do you mean there's Are never there been a real
2: AI I, fake Donald Trump speech? Or Do you mean there's never been an actual Donald Trump?
1: Speech? <laughs> In the first, I'm not sure there was even a Donald Trump. Um, I think it's a CIA. <laughs> no, but like I think like you know, for instance, I watched um, what was it? It was a College Humor made a video, and mm-hmm. I can't, you know, again, maybe it was real, but it mm-hmm. it stunk. Of the shit of lying of like, no, we sat down and we're like, what would one of those things sound like? We've read enough of those to kind of Mm -hmm. get the idea. And their sketch was, you know, hey, this script was made by an AI and they had to act it out. And it was funny because like, oh, what ridiculous stuff they said. But the stuff was just like, again, it's that thing where it's like, there's too many basically, quote unquote, jokes. Like there wouldn't be any jokes. It would be nonsense. But there's all these like punchlines that are landing Mm -hmm. of like, what's the funniest word to end this sentence with? Oh, it would be this one. You know, it's like, Oh, this bread tastes like glass. It's like, I don't think the AI writes that. I think you write that and pretend it's an AI. So I completely agree with you. I think that that movie will come soon. And be very mm-hmm. cheap but it will be a stunt thing and, of like in hey, all honestly like the cell phone thing what was that movie Un, unsane the whole it was just a stunt the whole point of the movie was hey we mm-hmm. shot this on an iphone 6 mm-hmm. and it's like wh- well come watch it why is it good i don't know but it's shot on an iphone 6 and that's what that ai <laughs> movie will be like hey this was written by an ai but then you'll find out that it wasn't even really yeah. written by an ai
2: and honestly the other thing that they might that somebody might do is claim something was completely generated by an AI for another, like a, a movie that just absolutely bombs like the next. Oh. Space Jam 2. <laughs> It'll be like uh, an Alan Smithy. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we where, yeah, where, where Basically, <laughs> just pretend like, or th- they, they try to just rewrite history. Like yes, uh, yeah. who's that guy who uh, came out to, uh, Pretend that like Crystal Coke was a or Crystal Tab was a hit that they put out on Crystal Pepsi. I don't get that reference at all. Clear clear Tab, that was. I'm
0: I'm thinking of like even I mean like the room where tommy wiseau has kind of leaned into being like yeah oh it's a satire and you're like i wrote it as a joke i knew it (laughs) was bad exactly yeah we just gotta say that it's like i hope so buddy (laughs) the next
1: iteration well first off absolutely not and then the second iteration (laughs) of that is going to be you're right it's going to be oh actually that was ai assisted and this you know instead of saying oh the studio stepped all over my project it'll be oh the the ai like the studio wanted the ai we've deleted
0: that ai they're no longer around anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: yeah that's another question is like how will it look well like there'll be one ai and well here i guess my theory would be that the evolution would go as such it would be that there'd be one prime ai that everyone is leasing and then it'll turn into in-house ai so there will be like the paramount one and the right. know, name x you know mgm one um so it's
3: literally the plot of space jam 2 and i'm is. upset by that i am I'm, I'm i'm intensely <laughs> i'm intensely upset now I haven't seen it. Not know that Don. You, you? You don't need to just know that Don yeah. Cheadle is exactly what you're describing, and he sucks LeBron James into a I video game. It. What I you need to know is what? on the table
2: too. It was a movie. Technically. Yes, Yeah, it, it was, was one of the movies indeed. of all time.
1: <laughs> right. And I think that's another one like Space Jam 2 is, is a movie about AIs, you know, working mm-hmm. with movies, but it also is a movie that feels like it was made by an AI, um, mm-hmm. especially, you know, for a studio that is like, hey, can you please make this movie a backdoor commercial for all of our products, you know? we're going to have in the stands you know the 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 droogs from uh clockwork orange in our you know pg rated you know children's movie because mm-hmm. i hey guys look we have all these other properties in our franchise it's like the dark you know universe where it's like oh the mcu is doing really great let's try three separate times to you know boot a franchise um you know built around frankenstein and i, and, I think like
2: you know, if you look at warner brothers versus uh like the the dc versus marvels only the fil- like the big budget films not not including the TV shows or animated movies. yeah. we yeah. include those, it's not a fair fight because DC has some excellent animated movies. Yeah, but, but some terrible CW shows. <laughs> it <evens> yeah. <laughs> but they're they're just like the big budget, like yeah. BVS, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty-four. Yeah. Whatever Aquaman. year that was. Yeah. Like those compared to like your Iron Man's and Avengers. Like there is a vast difference in quality mm. because of the amount of of res- uh, restraint that Disney has allowed for some of the directors to, uh, or that has allowed the productions to give room for the, mm. the directors, whereas yeah. DC has been trying to like write by committee. Yeah. From what I can, from what I can tell, and what I've heard. Well, and Marvel
1: has a Feige, so there's at least one guy yeah. who's a relatively consistent right. vision.
2: And we've even seen when, uh, like, when uh, uh, what was his name, Ike, whatever the fuck. Um,
0: oh, the original head of Marvel Studios.
2: Yeah, yeah, Ike Perlmutter, Perlmutter or Ike Perlmutter. I think that. I think that. I think that's thing. right. But like when he was trying to to do those movies by committee, and you could, and it really like showed like when you had the. Your Thor, the dark world and Iron Man two. And I'm trying to remember what else came out during that, that period. But there is some very forgettable. Marvel. That, that, movies.
0: An interesting thing too, is like, uh, cause there, the, I mean, when you, th- when you say like Marvel movies, letting the directors have rain to add some flavor to them. The first thing I think of is Thor Ragnarok, which is one of yes. my favorites. Um, but then you have Taika Waititi wrote and directed Thor love and thunder, which was not great. And now, so, I've-
1: Having said that, though, there's a lot of pushback lately of um, not pushback, but there's a lot of um, there's a lot of people who are pointing out that he seemed very uninterested in Love and Thunder and that that's what is happening.
0: Okay, he, that's the first movie I've seen by him that wasn't yeah. excellent. So I was very yeah. surprised.
1: He did he did some press where he seemed like he was basically like drunk and very un it and oh, was just really? kind of talking crap mm-hmm. about the movie the whole time. Mm-hmm. Oh, and the okay. theory <laughs> that some people have is that he was kind of you know not, forced is such a strong word, but it was like he wanted to make Ragnarok, and then this was the one where it was like, ah, fine, I have to yeah, make another one. Of these Thor we movies. Just need to
2: make another one, but I think at least the thing with with Thor Love and Thunder, like. It wasn't nearly as good of a movie as uh as uh Rad-Con. Ragnarok. It wasn't as good a piece of cinema, but it was still it was still fun and it still had like some uh like it it had some spirit to it that uh like compare that to like Thor the Dark World or like the justice league movie any honestly any version of the justice league movie and it's still like it's still a much more enjoyable experience and i can say that as someone who watched both versions of the justice league movie (laughs) and can honestly say i'm so sorry will i'm so sorry mm -hmm. for you yeah it wasn't like it wasn't joss whedon's fault
1: but i would also counterpoint and i could not agree with you more i got eaten alive on my channel for saying the same thing um but i Mm. i what what i would push back on though is that like the the intense with those two movies are are, are so different i don't think it's super duper fair to say that you know love and thunder is more fun than justice league because Zack snyder had no interest in being fun you know he wants it mm-hmm. to be this dour miserable you know boring movie so,
2: i did not okay fun is a bad bad term but yeah. it's enjoyable to be in the uh to enjoyable to experience so for okay. instance and like uh there's an anime that came out. It's called Black Summoner. It is bad. It is really bad. The writing is bad. The animation is bad. The CG is bad. But it's incredible. This anime
3: is bad. The you should feel bad.
2: <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and like there is no original concepts that made it into the show. But it is still enjoyable to watch because it is it it is just like so bad and like the room. It doesn't exactly, and it doesn't know it's bad,
3: but actually, Ed Wood movie,
1: yeah, or any Ed Wood movie for sure. You know, actually, now that you mentioned that, too, I think that that's where the AI system if it were to do something today actually maybe could find success is being that niche like hey guys come check it out this shitty movie was made by this AI system and it's the next Mm -hmm. room it's the next plan Mm -hmm. 9 from outer space Mm -hmm. come check it out Um, like I said in essence that's (laughs) what did I tell you my
0: uncle starred in a movie called plan 10 from outer space that was a Mormon satire of plan 9 from outer space and the entire cast and crew was excommunicated from the Mormon church (laughs) for participating (laughs) true story (laughs) on IMDB you can look it up I have to give
1: Will and Carrie at the exact same time facepalm. <laughs> so that, great! Like,
3: there's, there's just something so amazing that Josh comes from that pedigree that I, 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 all, I, I almost, I almost can't handle it.
1: Maybe the only movie worse than Plan Nine from Outer Space. <laughs> um, yeah, I but watched it's like
0: once with my uncle and I was like in middle school, I was like, "What is this?" Rough. Yeah,
1: just the <laughs> the cringe factor has to be so high. Oh, but fantastic. I mean, yeah, okay. I. I would. I would. I. I, but I oh, what's up, Nathan?
0: Sorry, guys. I didn't mean to interrupt. It no, could be good. worse. It's called uh, plantain from out, outer space, and everybody's running around in banana suits.
1: <laughs> plantain. Wow. Nice. Nice. Ouch. Huh. Um, <laughs> could have happened. Could've happened. I would, but this is true. Wait, but does I, that I,
2: actually I, exist? Because I'm. I'm. <laughs> I'm thinking that could be a low budget. That's my plantain. kink.
0: I, I just thought yeah,
2: of the, the first
0: episode of Community where the dean's watching that weird dress up thing and goes, I hope this doesn't activate something in me. <laughs> yeah,
1: is
3: this better or not? here's here's the funny thing about that like I got I I still have this idea that's bouncing around in my head because I was I was trying to write a screenplay for a while I kind of got pigeonholed into like oh you're a military mm-hmm. guy you should write like a military of course yeah. uh, mm-hmm. and like yeah. I, it was an idea I'd had a while back and like the more I tried to write it the more I just like I, I really hated it and I kept talking to Will and Josh about this and I kept hitting walls and then one day like I can't I think I might have been like messing back and forth with Will I was like I can't get this thing to work because i can't come up with a good monster i said you know what fuck it they open up this well at the bottom of some city in afghanistan and you know what comes out fraggles fucking fraggles <laughs> like from
1: fraggle rock right
3: like from fraggle rock Fraggles okay, from fraggle rock started yeah. hacking these these like delta operators that all look like chuck, yeah. uh, like like joe manganiello and fucking chuck yes, Norris, yes, yes, and, and like but I, w- I would would want to play it straight. And the only way I would like and the only way I would actually like explain it would be somebody saying this is something so cosmically horrifying that your brain has to process it in just oh, the closest fun. way that it can think of. Yeah, that's but very like, Lovecraftian. But- Exactly. But the whole rest of the movie is just like, like basically these guys like having their, their freaking Alamo last stand against Fraggles. And it still cracks me up because it's so stupid.
1: It kind of um, gives me a slivers uh, or slither. What was that movie with uh, Nathan Fillion and? Oh yeah. So yeah slither. Yeah, it, it, yeah, It's
3: very, like, it's very much a James Gunn idea. It might've, it might've come out after I watched the suicide squad with Will and it's just like, you know what, this let's, let's, let's make it yeah. this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I do like the idea, though, of the uh, that Lovecraftian kind of like this isn't actually what they look like, but we can't even, like, the camera can't show you, your eyes can't, you know, uh, fathom <laughs> yeah. what this thing is. So your brain just tries to retcon it into, you know, no, there's, and I mean, I'm, I'm on not going to. The there's legs there, like, there's totally legs there. And it'd be fun. <laughs> well, you know what else that reminds me of a little bit is uh, the sphere. That whole mm-hmm. idea was oh, that yeah. everyone, everyone was experiencing just whatever is the scariest thing to them. Oh, and the, so... you're
0: talking about the, based on the Michael Crichton novel.
1: Yeah, with uh, yeah, Dustin
0: Hoffman, yeah. Samuel Jackson.
1: Yep, uh, yep, Sharon Stone. I think. Um, yeah, 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 mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I I saw that movie when I was young, and it scared the shit out of me, and I loved it. Um, and I thought it
1: was I, really. Medium i read I was... the
0: book though the book's really good and philosophical i really like the book
1: mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking it was very medium until the very end and it did one little thing that i thought was extremely clever mm-hmm. and it haunted me the rest of the movie which was that they finally came up with the idea of how to escape and we have a little montage like this fast flashing happening of them uh escaping and remembering kind of what happened in the in the the, the submarine up it's, to that point and
0: then it flashes back to them in the thing and they haven't
1: I... gone anywhere That Well, actually, what they did is it's a shot you never saw in the whole thing in the whole movie up to this point was um, there's just one like two frame shot of all of them standing in front of the sphere. And it kept going with like, oh, we escaped. And... It gives you this feeling that like, no, there's a real possibility that they are going to spend, you know, until they die down there looking at that spirit, because especially because that was never a shot. So there's no point there's it's not referencing something that you knew as far as you knew, they never were all together there. Um, mm-hmm. So I like that idea that everything else is just kind of imagined of them getting out, but they're actually trapped in this mind prison, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that, I
2: mean, that you know, kind of works as a metaphor for AI, honestly. Yeah expand on that will
1: expand on that please
2: <laughs> Where, like it is <laughs> he's like i'm
1: trying to bring I mean, us back i'm trying
2: well no I, actually i just thought that was kind of it, it is a funny metaphor because the ai is essentially just trying to uh create this consumable that you can't escape where you don't understand yeah. the difference between uh like uh an actual tangible thing in this artificially created thing uh okay being that 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 sphere versus uh like having the the that thought of oh i've escaped from this when really you're just staring at the sphere still
1: well and the ai itself you know none of the ill intent is coming from the ai the ai is just this you know machine Mm -hmm. learning algorithm it's coming from the 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 lazy guy who doesn't want to have to you know pay writers and the other question is like I think I think a lot of the value proposition that we're we think about when we when we start thinking about an AI, you know, generated screenplay or movie is the same feeling that we have when you look at a piece of art and you say, Oh, that's kind of a cool abstract piece of art. And then as soon as they tell you an elephant painted it, immediately you're like, Well, maybe you're not, but I am one of the people who immediately I go, Oh, I don't value this anymore. <laughs> this is the <laughs> random brush strokes of, you know, an elephant that's playing around with a with a brush. Um, and so it's like when you, you know, so it makes me wonder, right, when you do watch that next, uh, you know, Bloodshot 2, Electric Boogaloo, you know, do, do, you, do you go, okay, yeah, it was a fine action film, whatever, I don't have any issues with it. And then someone says, oh, actually, it was written by an AI. A good chunk of people early on, our generation, will at least have that, like, oh, fuck all that noise. And then it makes me wonder, you know, give it a couple generations, maybe they get used to that. And they say, I don't know, that's just how movies are made, who cares? Yeah.
2: I think, honestly, what it's going to be is there's going to be a lot of hype around AI at first, and then it's just going to kind of die off. It's going to be like the Velveeta effect, where, like, you have this highly processed uh, thing that we are told is edible, um, (laughs) and, uh, like, in... But, and Velveeta might be a poor example. Margarine is probably a better example. Those are, comes,
0: those are both pretty on-point examples, I think.
2: Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> you, you have margarine and it comes out, it's more popular than butter. And a lot of that is because that it's cheaper than butter and easier to use in a lot of things. And in fairness, it has its usage where it is a better product to use than butter. And then... Uh, like it just kind of gets overused and then there's a lot of pushback against that for people trying to raise the value of something where you have like the pushback of made with actual butter. Or suddenly you find out actually this this product that we assume was generally accepted as safe actually uh, will uh, cause you to get stomach ulcers or whatever as Happens so many times and then it kind of phases back into the market where it's just used as a cheap substitute for the real thing or for people that uh, like vegans who uh, unfortunately can't enjoy butter anymore.
1: Well, I, I agree. If I if I reframe it in not metaphor and say that okay, so the AI thing starts happening, and there, at first there is the kitschiness of it. People are interested in this, like, oh, how weird! What a, what a cute thing! Let me check this out initially there will be the buzz of what's it like to watch a movie made by an algorithm then people will say okay well these suck let's you know go back to watch Mm -hmm. movies made by people but like you said they won't go away they will fall back into what i think ultimately their plan always was which is Mm -hmm. like this is how we make those tentpole low effort hollywood movies that in essence we already use humans to behave like algorithms to make you know when you're making the next sonic the hedgehog (laughs) <laughs> this is not a passion you know auteur project that some guy sat i went out to a cabin for weeks and i wrote this screenplay and i Wait, I, I thought, bled onto I thought the page. tarantino
0: wrote the next sonic <laughs> exactly, what are you talking
1: about exactly right yeah 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 i think it was uh it was john <laughs> no, I think, nolan I think, yeah <laughs> it's like no it's 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 a bunch of guys who are like okay what are the marks you got to hit what do all the last most successful kids movies look like what is the you know what's the runtime need to be how many colors should we have you know on a swatch you know for any given frame how fast should the the you know the the frame rate be on the animated character to make him the most engaging uh, yeah
2: how frequently do we need a a screen change to keep these little goblins from looking away
1: yeah yeah, uh, mm-hmm. you know what's James Marsden up to? Let's go grab. You know, it's it's that kind of stuff.
2: And it's at West that World point, Over, that's still yeah, running. What's right, right. They're just Which does actually. A- I you you just mentioned this, and I really want to jump in because it it yeah. made me realize the real horror of this is that uh, with children's cartoons, especially younger children's, like it is just going to be completely eaten by this because it's something where like they're not going to complain if it doesn't yeah. make sense or if it's not right. good. You're, uh, but it, we're going to see their stuff's already like that. Yeah. And we're going to yeah. see a substantial decrease in, in a lot of, of children's shows, which I think, I mean, it's coming up on that time for uh, there's always been, if you pay attention, a waxing and waning in, uh, in the cartoon industry with, uh mm-hmm. children's targeted cartoons of you'll get like a a period where you see a lot of of worthwhile works coming out and then something will change in the industry and it'll kind of flood back to a bunch of a whole bunch of garbage that is uh just because people assume that children won't care and then eventually uh, it'll start going the other way when somebody actually makes gets a passion project made, and then you'll see a resurgence of of more valuable content uh, coming out of the industry.
1: My concern, though, is that almost every time the value is coming out of specifically Cartoon Network. You know, it's like I think, with the exception of SpongeBob, it's like almost all of the shows. I'm like, oh, that's actually pretty good for a kids' cartoon or whatever. Is generally kind of the same network that seems to be the one who looks for these kinds of guys. Whereas Nickelodeon, like, couldn't care less.
2: Actually, I disagree strongly because with Nickelodeon, we've we had a whole bunch of of really good Nick shows in uh, in the 90s. They're also the ones that brought us Avatar, um, The Last Airbender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but. Yeah, with Nickelodeon and Cartoon Network, like Cartoon Network had this this amazing golden era with the, the Cartoon Cartoon show.
1: Yeah, Dexter's laughing all uh,
2: that. Yeah and then they fell off really hard for several years and i guess it, i don't it, know
1: what the dark ages are because i aged out so that just happened yeah. to coincide with me getting older and by the time i noticed again it was when we were doing like adventure time and stuff like that that i was like oh these are actually like you know someone cared they're not necessarily for yeah. me but like the regular show has absolutely like the thumbprint of someone on it this does not feel algorithmically generated it feels like someone had an idea like gravity falls well, and, watch that with yeah, my sister right. which are, oh was absolutely
3: fun, yeah. Well, and, and the, the and... cool thing about mm-hmm. those like oh yeah Gra- gravity falls um the owl house is one i'm, I'm absolutely addicted to yes. like there's a lot of there's a lot of animation right now that comes out of that like it's very specifically like a mid-90s cal arts yeah um yeah. like class mm-hmm. but like yeah there's like there's all these guys and and the thing about that was like the 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 venn diagram of those guys is like a circle like <laughs> right, like, right. like like pendleton ward i think worked on spongebob uh, right. for a bit. like, like the, early, the, early
0: SpongeBob back when it was good, but, like when,
3: yeah, er, yeah, early when SpongeBob. I forget his
0: name, Stephen something, Stephen Hillenbaum or whatever. Uh,
3: yeah, whatever. Hillenbaum.
0: yeah,
2: Hillenbaum was SpongeBob,
3: and uh, and so, like, th- well, th- those are like people that all had like really different and like diverse passions that like kind of got it, got a go of it, yeah, and Carson Network was a big one, uh. Nickelodeon took a huge risk when it came down to Avatar and it really mm. paid off like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a lot of like these these people that um, Well, yes you know, and no, though. I would system.
1: also say Avatar kind of made sense because they 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 were riding the anime wave that was also happening. You know Cartoon Network this, oh, was oh, doing yeah, Adult Swim and anime was hot so it was like well what if we had our own in-house anime basically. So that well, I can also hear the gears going of like let's jump on this thing.
3: Well, the interesting thing about that too is is the uh the fact that like like anime, like like when uh sorry, I'm I'm gonna nerd out about like Avatar real quick. Like sure uh I, I almost said Brian Michael Bendis, but he was Ultimate Spider-Man. Um <laughs> uh the the guys that made Avatar, um mm-hmm. the guys that made Avatar, like they were like just they're basically two weebs that like worked in mm-hmm. different animation houses. Like one of them was actually like the the one who's like the mar the like the real martial artist nut is like he worked on King of the Hill. Like he was Mm -hmm. in that animation studio and like when they brought this to Nick, they had such like an expansive concept that basically Nickelodeon was like, you know, know like, go for it. Like the, the, like they got, they got a real good thumbs up from actually some really good in-house people. And the, the cool thing about it was like, these were guys that like legitimately were just like huge anime fans and it just like kind of, and it fit the market in a big way. Um, It was kind of like Filoni
0: work on Avatar, the last airbender.
3: Dave Filoni,
0: the guy, the showrunner of The Mandalorian, I believe he did. Maybe. And the showrunner of the Clone Wars and Rebels. I'm pretty sure that was his first that, big hit, Was Avatar: the Last Airbender. Yes, that, that sounds,
1: sounds great. Right. Yeah. But you know, a lot of my bigger issues aren't necessarily even with the cartoons. When I'm thinking about a lot of the crap that was being produced for kids, that is currently being produced for kids, it's that Dan Schneider era of the live action stuff. It's that like Victoria mm-hmm. Justice show. It's the. Um, You know, everything basically post like the all that era, which not to say that that was fantastic either. Um, But, you Keenan
0: and Kel was quality, though. Got (laughs) to say that (laughs)
1: there's absolutely (laughs) not uh, that I've seen it
0: in 20 years. I just remember loving it.
1: (laughs) Well, exactly. And I loved all that and stuff like that. I would I would guarantee that today I would still think it was pretty poor. But there again, Mm -hmm. there still was that kind of there was a little bit of punk rock in there of them being like, hey, let's do SNL for kids and um kind of mess with this like interesting idea where it feels like even that level of soul was completely sucked out of it by the time you got Mm -hmm. to the you know Mm iCarlys and things like that where it really does feel like it's this you know like i said almost everything dan schneider touched was just the most like uh, zach and cody you know the hotel crap and all that like Mm -hmm. sweet life and uh, these kinds of shows are the kinds of things where i'm like these are rife like these are like perfect type of content for an algorithm to be like okay feed me every episode of something that dan schneider helped make and Mm -hmm. um you know we'll we'll try to edit out as many children's feet as we can but from there on (laughs) the rest of it is going to be (laughs) Mm -hmm. just like person walks in audience claps they slip on a banana oh my god you know like it's just these are these are things a computer can come up with
2: yeah or like uh the modern equivalent of like are you afraid of the dark where you have really poorly like you have really poorly written horror stories but it's yeah. aimed at kids so nobody cares so who cares right you you
3: lay off of Ryan Gosling's first <laughs> acting acting job was he actually <laughs> in that show he's Ryan canadian Gosling, of course he was Ryan Go- oh. yeah that was that every every can like there are a good yeah. chunk of Canadian actors that you know as strict badasses that were in are you afraid of the dark? Yeah. The one his, one exact,
1: his second yeah. project was young Hercules.
0: <laughs> it's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and one thing, um, one thing
0: I want to shout out that before we move on from this topic though, is that, um, the only animated thing I've ever written and the only thing I've ever written that's aimed at kids is my friend had a passion project, a uh, shout out to Tegan Miller. Um, she had an idea for a bilingual kids show that teaches really young kids like basic Spanish with the idea that then it could be expanded to have, you know, different languages with different streaming services where you could select your language. And so um, mm-hmm. I helped write the narrative portion of six episodes of a first season. Um, and we've been shopping it around for, gosh almost two years now and we've had some studios interested that have talked to Mm -hmm. us and they've all said hey this is a really good concept um we'd like it um but there's just no other existing ip we can't invest any money in this so it is hard to uh uh get something produced when there's not that Mm -hmm. very basic mass appeal factor already built in well that's
1: that's weird though how could you say that when something like dora the explorer was massive
0: yeah, I don't. I guess this is the feedback you know, we're getting from because I've I've looked yeah. at the stuff and I'm like, I don't have the kids. hell
3: like, are you talking it, about? It, yeah, and I'm oh, like, no, like this this, is... so so they're like they're they're saying it's the it's the thing where like there has to be a comic or a book in order for it to be a script right now that has to like if, exactly. if there was if there was a kids book or a uh, toy line
0: same, if we get a, a partner with a toy line that exists and so kind of merge that's... things.
1: Well, that's the problem, though, because that's that's this thing where the whole thing has to be a beast now. Where it's like, yeah, where is the room for the startup guy exactly. to show up with a good idea? Because if they're saying, oh, we'll come back to us when you have a, a connection with, you know, Disney or with, you know, I don't know, whatever. A huge toy line. It's mm-hmm. like, well, guys like us don't do that. That's what already pre existing huge <coughs> companies do. Right. And now we're in that AI conversation again, where it's like, this is the stuff of these yeah. giant corporations who want everything to be in house. They don't want mm-hmm. auteurs coming and doing cool stuff, they just want this really you know uh uh, super super smooth out and clean and pre kind of designed and 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 pro feed proletariat feed you know it's like it comes (laughs) out like pink slop and you're supposed to just you know munch on it and it's got everything the body needs vitamins you know wise and um and it's not really art and so all of these ideas are 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 connected by that same tissue of the person who wears a suit to work to make art you know, and uh, back to to tie it all back to Hodorowski, You know, he, he made the Holy Mountain and great mm. scene of the art factory and having this kind mm. of just uh, conveyor belt that is producing the art. And um, I think that is the world that the future of AI kind of fits into for um, you know the 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 replacing actors, replacing writers, like the 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 stuff you already don't like about cinema imagine it basically crunched down times five and that's what our you know ai future will look like
0: i don't know. i hope carrie's awesome. right and that we're going to get a nice divide of you know uh easier to produce 10 polls and then more opportunities for our tours but we will see i think that's a good point to wrap it up is everyone cool with that good to go oh, yeah I-,
3: I love it i love it thank you for watching nerds and friends everyone bye Thanks, Joe. <laughs>